Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We're at the St. Paul Ice Show. We've been able to talk to a lot of different people at the show. And right now we've got a couple of guys that I think you're gonna enjoy. They've got some great personalities. These guys are cousins. They've been fishing together since they were wee little tykes. And these guys, they're not wee little tykes anymore. <laughs> but these guys, uh, they fish the Metro Lakes. They know the Metro Lakes really well. And we wanted to talk to them today a little bit about fishing the Minneapolis-St. Paul Metro area. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. So guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah, thanks. So we got Al right here to the left. We got Mario to the right. and. Uh, guys it's just a pleasure to talk to you so you guys are fishing we we've talked to paul gazzoni a little bit earlier and we're going to have him on again here at the show but you guys are fishing in his league the minnesota made outdoors league tell us a little bit about that yep we're fishing minnesota made um it's basically a pan fish tournament series um four tournaments i think this is our fourth year fishing with minnesota made um we've done other tournament circuits we've done the frankie's state championship um we just love chasing panfish and anywhere from the metro to you know some of the destination lakes but mainly the metro just because it's close and easy yep so tell me a little bit some of the lakes that the league is hitting this year and where you guys will be doing a lot of your work this year the first tournament we'll be doing this year is going to be held on Chisago, which I think will be pretty cool because we'll be able to get a little extra fishing time in for the state championship, which we'll be fishing for Frankie's this year. Um, our next one's on Mazasco, which is down south. After that, we've actually fished that lake only a few times. That's kind of a different one, but it's, it's really a bigger basin lake kind of to me. A lot more humps. It's kind of like a small like Malax, I would almost compare it to. It's not really a shallow structured lake to fish. We found a lot more deeper. Um, and then we have Green Lake up in Isani and Clearwater out in Annandale. Awesome. Tell me about Chisago. You guys have fished that lake a lot. How, what's the fishing like out there? Extremely fun. Um, there's a great number of fish. There's some really good sized sunfish, some good sized crappies, but the big thing is is the numbers. Um, it really doesn't take a whole lot to find them. The one difference that we've noticed with that particular lake, it's it's a weedy, shallow bite for the most part. Um, if you're fishing, you know, in the evening hours, early morning hours, then you can kind of get into the deeper holes type of stuff. But uh, really throughout the course of the day, you find yourself some good we good weeds and you're gonna find fish and like I said there's there's good numbers it's a perfect lake to take kids out just because there's so many fish um, but you can find some really nice sunfish and you can find some really nice crappies in there mixed in and we're talking um, I don't know we like like I said fishing shallow weed lines we're anywhere from three feet of water to nine feet of water for the most part of what we're doing um, we fish mainly during the days just because that's when tournament circuits run and that's when we like to get our practice essentially yeah so we don't do a whole lot of the evening bites um for for at least for panfish um if we get a chance to do an evening bite we're usually out chasing walleyes or trying to do something a little different um so shallow weeds on chisago 
um, tungstens, real small stuff, different presentations, you know, there's a, a number of different plastics that have worked for us, a number of different colors, and it, it depends on the day, it depends on the bite, um, but we like to fish small baits in shallow water. And it always seems to be like a very productive lake. For the pressure that it gets, it's unbelievable how the sustainability of the fish always seems to come back. Like somewhere in there, you can go and find, usually fish just about anywhere, but you'll find pods of different quality sized fish. So a lot of them you'll find maybe like your six to seven inch bluegill, which might make people happy. Some awesome, you're out there catching it, but fishing for the tournaments, we gotta find the eights and nines, hopefully a 10, which in the Metro, everybody knows is extremely hard to come by. And then crappies, it's a little bit different of a lake, I feel too, cause a lot of people fail, like think when you're fishing for crappies, you wanna go out deeper. Immediately people are like, we're gonna go crappie fishing, you're fishing in 30 feet of water, you're gonna fish half the, half the water column down at the thermocline, and you're gonna fish right there. Al and I rarely ever fish over 12 feet the entire year. That is one of our things we've noticed, which there's lots of ways to go about it, but what a lot of people don't realize is those fish will stay weed oriented the whole year. All you have to do is find the weeds and there will be fish there. And it might be a little pocket that you need to go into. It might not be necessarily always on the edge too. You might wanna go inside where someone would be like, I'm not going in there, it's five feet of water. Well, you have no idea, but on your walk out, you just literally walked over some of the best fish that you could have been pursuing, but you went out deeper where everybody is and stuff like that. Also stay a little bit away from the crowds. You'll see big groups out there. Don't just go to those spots because you think they're going to be a great spot. You know, there's people there. A lot of people like to just follow people, follow the pack, get away from the pack. There's going to be just as good fishing to the side of that pack and probably better, less pressured fish. A lot of stuff where everybody will go right in the group and be like, oh, there's a bunch here. They also have 800 jigs being dropped around them. People drilling holes, people dropping ice houses down, slamming truck doors. Running generators. If you're in short water, I mean shallow, if you're in that, all that stuff makes effect. Like, I've personally fallen, I'm a big guy, I have fallen on the ice in shallower water, like slipped, and literally the fish were gone. The whole column of fish was gone. That, it happened. So you can't tell me when a truck drives across it or something, all that pressure, that is definitely educating the fish, just like any other thing out there. You know, they start getting used to that and start being really finicky and if you get away from that a little bit, it seems to help a lot. Yeah, so you guys are talking about fishing in these shallow water areas and there's a lot of shallow water areas on every lake, but especially Chisago, there's so much shoreline there and the way the lake twists and everything like that. How do you find the spot on the spot? Because there's tons of places in Chisago that you can find with five foot of water. Moving, searching constantly. Al and I drill a lot of holes. We really do. A lot of people go out and they say the average fisherman drills a lot of holes in a day when you're th talking, their lot is 12. Al and I will go out and burn through our batteries and our drills, which we're using the new flights this year, and it's just easier. You drill really good quick holes. It's You can just Swiss cheese with them real nice and drop your camera down, look, move on. If they're not there, move. If they're there, what kind of fish are they? Move on again and just keep kind of following them. Look for those little pockets. A lot of the spots, finding spots on spots also is if you go out earlier in the year saying boat you can see those little weed pockets mark that on your camera or whatever on your 
unit and you can go right out there and literally get right on that spot where somebody might drill five feet to the right 10 feet to the left and you're in nothing but weeds and they're like you have no idea that there was literally a seven foot giant pocket that was probably loaded with fish right between that but you know that from earlier in the year which when there's ice you can't see that stuff and the big thing is you know utilizing tools like navionics on your phone i mean everyone can get a gps system now right on their cell phone for very reasonably priced um when you start looking at you know the different contours it, it really depends on on there's so many different factors but you can find spots um with a, a gradual kind of a flat that has good weeds on it um on chisago in getting into corners or something like that sometimes you can find them in the tight pinches you're just looking for any sort of structure leading to those weeds i mean um and really like mario said the only way you're going to find it is by a scouting the lake out of a boat and marking it and if you don't have that capability um just be prepared to drill a lot of holes um that being said you know you don't you know if you're just looking to go out on a saturday enjoy your day with the family you don't have to necessarily plan on you know running and gunning and covering a whole lot of water but you definitely do want to drill plan on drilling you know in a few different spots until you at least find some fish before setting up especially if you got kids you need to make sure yeah. you're on fish before, so they don't uh don't lose interest too quick and then they just hate fishing and don't ever want to go anymore so um i guess my biggest tip when you're fishing shallower weedier type lakes is, is just be prepared to drill some holes and search out um search out those empty pockets of weeds or those weed lines and uh have fun getting on them yeah that's one of the things that i've found and you guys obviously have fished chisago a lot more than i have but the cool thing about that lake, I think if you're looking for a place to take some kids and get some action, with all the weeds that are there, if you don't care about how big the fish that you are catching, there's tons of fish in there. And you can go just about anywhere in the shallow water areas and you're going to be pulling fish out of holes. Yep. You can tell, like last year when Al and I scouted around and did some stuff and the year before, you we literally found fish just about everywhere in the lake from the north end to the south end they're they're pretty much everywhere but once again you get that quality or you'll find a certain point that has a good weed weed structure on it and there might be just loads of fish there you might go 20 yards to the side at something that's the exact same structure and it's holding nothing so i mean just looking and finding them and that's what we're going to work on a little more this year is a lot more just cameraing rather than actually trying to fish it a little bit and stuff because if there's that many there when you're finding them with the camera, chances are you're going to get something to bite. Sure. You guys have fished Clear Lake a lot, too. Tell me a little bit about that one. That lake is... Our nightmare. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit uh, a little bit of a challenge. Um, it's Great it's, fish. It's, it's, it's a huge lake. There's a lot of different ways to fish it. Um, again, uh, for us, what we found to be most effective for what the style fishing that we do, um, we're looking for weeds, that kind of structure again, um, shallower water, you know, there is a couple spots on that lake where you, where you are going to be getting into the 20 foot holes when you get into some of the bays or st and stuff like that. Um, 
and if you got a pan optics or you got a group of guys that's willing to chase them there's some great fishing to be had in the basin but they're giant they are, crappies they out are there too roaming fish so it's harder to stay on them but you will you know when you when you can get on those roaming schools you will tend to get into those bigger crappies um it, it, it is a tougher bite but the quality of the fish is definitely there when you get on them. And we're talking 40 to 50 feet when you're fishing those out in that basin. So, I mean, if you can picture that, you're literally drilling a hole. If anybody knows Clearwater, that's a very big lake. If you're drilling a hole out in that basin, that's like literally the needle in a haystack. You know, you might drill, and if you don't have certain units like Al's Pan Optics when you're searching around, you can cut some of that drilling time out, so that's another thing that makes it more successful and faster. Um, you don't have to search that area if you know there's nothing there. You don't need to drill holes 15 feet away and redrill and check everything you can go out to the furthest point you can keep moving whether you think maybe they're in a little bit up a little bit and then you'll hit a pod maybe you can start catching them really good and i would say 30 seconds they're gone they are constantly moving out there and another thing i feel about clear water is it's more there's a couple spots where you can get like bluegills and crappies together but Al and I's plan usually is we have bluegill spots, we have crappie spots. So it's tougher. I know last year Al did catch some really, really nice crappies and very shallow, which that is never really the case for us. Um, usually they're deeper out there. They just, they are. And that lake for us, there's a couple really good shallow spots, but it mainly is a little bit deeper of a bite out there if you're going for better quality fish. You guys are both gear junkies and you got tons of stuff with you when you're going out there is your presentation different when you're out there fishing in that 50 foot of water compared to when you're in tight and you're fishing eight nine feet of water how are you changing that stuff up bigger baits fishing more aggressively yep. in deeper water because you can call the fish in from so much further away so that bigger presentation number one is is generally going to attract some of the bigger fish and it just gives you more of a presence in that as mario said needle in the haystack the vast basin of these lakes then if you do happen to find them in the basin try to keep like a line down there like if you're going don't give them the chance to move off like a lot of times like when a hole's hot you know, like Al and I have had a hole that's so good where one's not as great two feet away, where we are literally pulling a fish out, he's dropping his line. I'm taking it off. By the time he's pulling one up, I'm dropping back down. It seems kind of ridiculous, but when they're going, they're going and you just got to stay with them. And as soon as you kind of leave that hole blank for a couple, you know, 30 seconds, that school might lose interest and on a lake like that they could be 50 yards yeah. away and a blink of an eye and yeah. now you got to try and find them again where if you when you find them you got to keep them going as quick as you can i mean there's situations where we'll like mario said where um we'll fish the same hole just to keep that hole active there's other situations where we if we got a couple different holes that are hot we'll have three four five rods laying next to us yeah with very similar presentations that I pull up a fish on this rod and drop it. You set it down and drop the next yeah. rod down. I mean, obviously if you pull it up and it's not the quality of keeping fish, um, you gotta keep it alive. So you're gonna, you know, let it go right away or whatever. But um, the big thing is once you get on those schools is just to keep them active and keep them hungry and keep your bait down there on top of them. 
You're using tungstens with plastics in that shallow water. What are you guys using in deep water? What, what type of lures are you using? Tungstens with plastics is pretty much our go-to for the most part. But when we get into the deeper water, we, we do fish some more spoons. Um, again, we usually tip those with plastic. That's something that a lot of people don't tend to see. We very rarely fish with live bait. Um, other other uh, baits that we really enjoy using in deep water would be like your jigging wraps, your Z-Vibers, um, stuff with rattles, just big profile. They're a lot of fun, especially when you can get on an aggressive aggressive bite yeah. that, I mean, even if you're catching se a seven inch crappie when you're doing a rip and wrap or, you know, a jig and wrap, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to get those fish fired up for that big of a bait. They hit it pretty hard. And usually. they do, and they'll woof that thing right in. And then that's what's awesome about it. Even those big old shad wraps and stuff, they'll, they'll crush them. And a lot of people just don't do that. A lot of people go with the traditional demon jig or a plane hook and a waxy or a plane hook and a minnow, you know, and that's great, but I just feel like you're not utilizing the water column to the best of your ability. A lot of things we've found too on some other lakes is when you're fishing deep, you might say you're in 20 feet of water, you know, a lot of fish are marking at 10. We found them before where they're two feet under the ice and you would never know unless you were dropping fish in there, they just show up. Other than that, so many people are dropping past and through fish. Yeah. A lot. The, yeah. It's been fun talking to you guys, and I've fished with you several times before. And the thing that I love about you guys is you guys have been fishing together forever, and you love to kind of get on each other once in a while. <laughs> Tell me about some of your adventures and just some of the stuff and what it's like for you guys <laughs> to, to fish together. Oh, man. Well, we usually, Al's birthday is on February 3rd, so we usually try to make a nice fishing trip around that. We used to go to the big pond every year, Mille Lacs. We kind of moved away from that because I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the world that can't catch a walleye on Mille Lacs over seven <laughs> inches. And that's just a known fact. Like I could go with the best in the industry and I feel I just don't have the success that other people do. I mean, people right next to me will catch them all day long, but it got to the point where I was just sticking my head down the hole to see what was going on because Al's catching stuff, everyone around us is catching stuff. And um, we've had some good experiences, some bad experience. We've done, we like to go to Big Stone a lot out fishing, do a little trip out there. We usually go through eight, Artie's Bait and Tackle and rent a place through them. And then we just kind of go do our own thing. We don't fish with any guides or nothing, but we know some pretty decent spots out there. And it's been, I don't know, I've just always fished with Al. I enjoy it. It's fun. We have a lot of good adventures and We've had a lot of really dumb ideas over the years. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, if you're looking for a good story, I got one that always comes to mind when uh, uh, a few years ago we were fishing late ice and it was at that time of year where, where shores were just starting to break up, you know, and and we got to the lake extremely early because that's just North how Metro we were. Lake. Yeah. Um, and the, the shore was frozen completely up. We hopped on the wheelers. We went out, started fishing, and we're fishing, and we're absolutely crushing them and just having a blast. And we started to notice that people keep pulling to the boat launch, and they walk up to the shoreline, turn around, get back in their trucks, and leave. And we're like, oh, hmm. 
Well, Mario decides that he needs a snack, so hey. we left <laughs> we left everything back in the truck. Um, so he he hops on my wheeler and he flies back towards shore, and and I'm catching fish, and I look over and he's just standing next to the four wheeler, um, and hops back on, turns around, and flies back to me. I'm like, oh, that was kind of odd, and so he gets back and he's like, uh, I don't know how we're gonna get back to the truck. There's uh, at least 20 feet of open water and i'm like wonderful so <laughs> mind like, you we have the four-wheeler out there all of our gear and, and 600 700 pounds of yeah, guy hanging toboggans our shack full of stuff so uh we decide well we better pack up and see if we can't figure this out i drew <laughs> the short end of the stick or short straw whatever you want to say it was terrible i lost so i got to get all of our stuff up to the edge and I got to take my bibs and my shirt and all that off and literally climb in the water in 15 feet of water and swim to the landing and Al proceeded to load everything on the four-wheeler and hit it going 70 miles an hour and he just made it right across and thought it was the coolest thing ever as I'm sitting in the truck and just my boxers with him riding back into town for an hour just praying we're not going to get pulled over it was where can we find this on youtube nah. I, w I wish we could you know you you say you drew the short straw on that yeah. deal but i can tell you when i rode that four-wheeler across it could have ended a lot worse for me. <laughs> but i mean that's just one of the many i mean honestly pick the worst snowstorm the worst weather we could possibly have and my phone will ring an idiot will want to go drive halfway across the state to go catch some fish and and Al says yes every time so who's the real idiot i mean come on i mean that's just the kind of thing i mean we fish a lot as much as we get a chance to um the tournament fishing thing is really kind of taking over our winters because we spend a lot of time scouting a lot of time preparing for that and with the tournament fishing you know you, you get into a, a groove where it doesn't matter what the weather is going to be you got to be prepared for it so to go out on some of them bad storms all it's doing is giving us experience and giving us um chances to learn different tactics you know whether it's you know a cold front moves in and you now used to fishing with a little bit bigger tungsten we never really fished with the real tiny stuff well i i have but mario always hated it but you you kind of learn that in certain weather conditions you have to yep. go from a, a a five millimeter tungsten down to a three you know it, so you learn that you know in cold weather the the, the lower the smaller diameter lines makes a difference you learn a lot of different things where if you're only going out on the super nice days when the fish are hungry and really active um you wouldn't have to to learn how to battle or overcome those challenges even that, with even with like everything you have like even rods and stuff like that all your stuff your machines and stuff that stuff functions totally different depending on the weather too you know so you also find out about that besides like how the fish are biting how's your four-wheeler gonna start how's it gonna run is it gonna start when you park out on the ice are you gonna be able to get off the ice all these little things is your reel gonna freeze how's your line hold up all just different things so so it's made you guys a lot better absolutely absolutely yeah awesome thanks for coming on the show guys it was really fun i want to have you guys on again later on maybe doing some other stuff but uh 
really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing some of your your tips and techniques for some lakes that people in the metro you know it's sometimes it's tough to get that information i think you guys gave some good stuff without giving away your playbook but i think you guys gave out some good stuff to help people get on fish so appreciate you coming on thanks for having us just don't be scared to go shallow at all Another thing too um, that we didn't really mention, talking about Metro Lakes, there's a lot of different opportunities. Hop on the DNR website, look at their netting reports, look at the type of fish that they're stocking in there, look at all that kind of information. Um, you don't have to go to, to the big lakes where there's a lot of people. I mean, if you can find some reports on them where they're stocking fish or netting good fish, don't be afraid to go try it out. Try new, new water and, you know, make a little in-town adventure and catch just, fish. Just because there's not a pile of people on it as well, don't be afraid to go drill out the spot where nobody's drilled all year. You know, I mean, lots of opportunity out there. Fish move. A lot of eliminating water is what it is and just get out there, have fun and tight lines. Let's all go out and catch some fish. I know I can't wait to get on the ice. I know. Thanks a lot, Chris. We appreciate you having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us, bud. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.